just five years ago. If a local student wanted to learn more about Ukraine or Africa, they'd check out a book or watch a documentary. Today, local students are learning by walking famous streets of these cities virtually. Programs like Kids That Code are teaching very young children to write computer code. Middle schoolers are building and programming animatronic robots. And in many communities, parents are finding that this area, which has long been behind the mark in education, is moving forward with technology fast. Welcome to Education Insight. I'm Lacey Kendall. On today's show, we'll meet two of the people who are helping thousands of local students with hands-on experiences in state-of-the-art technology. Sarah Alfonso Emerson is the Director of Creative Learning at Garner Holtz Education Through Imagination Program. That program is helping elementary schools get kids involved in engineering. And older kids, like those at Fontana High School, are learning about biomedical, biomechanical, and biotechnological sciences. Sarah joins us later. We'll also meet a San Bernardino Elementary School student who just returned from an Animaker camp. But first we meet James Trotter. As the Assistant Director of Academic Technologies and Innovations at Cal State San Bernardino, he introduces students to futuristic technologies such as immersive learning, 3D animation, and creating virtual reality programs. James, thanks for joining us. Hey, Lacey, thank you very much. I'm honored to be here. First of all, could you tell us a little bit about your position at CSUSB? Yes, I am the Assistant Director for Academic Technologies and Innovation at Cal State University San Bernardino. Uh, my position, I oversee the video production department, the live event of video productions, the um, X-Real Lab, which goes into uh, virtual reality, augmented reality, 360 video, focusing on all different types of immersive media. And then within my department, we also have instructional designers that work with the faculty doing course design and accessibility, ensuring that all the content, the educational content that goes out for the students meets our, our accessible uh, standards. Would we find similar departments to yours, James, on other local campuses? Yes, I know within the CSU system, all of the campuses have something similar to an ATI or Academic Technologies and Innovation. Mm -hmm. uh, they all operate a little bit differently. Not all are within the division of ITS or Information Technology Services. Some others are usually in academic affairs. That would be the difference you'd see. Mm -hmm. But yes, there is that same group that works with technology across all the different CSUs. Okay. James, uh, we've been friends for a long time. So mm -hmm. <laughs> I know that long before this job, you were a techie geek. For our audience, would you care to share a little bit more about that? <laughs> yes. I, I started out as a cameraman many years ago with no real idea that I'd be taking this track into education. Uh -huh. But I started as a cameraman and then eventually got a job with a cable company and they wanted me to direct. 
So I started directing local events and then sporting events. And that led to meeting some people that worked in boxing and, and mixed martial arts, which led me eventually to doing camera, broadcast camera for those events. And then eventually having my own production company for a number of years doing live event sporting events. And I built my own switcher. I built a lot of my own equipment and pieced it together. And that was going on quite successfully for a long time until, until I took the job at Cal State San Bernardino as assistant director. And then I kind of let that go and just focused on the academic technologies. But I still love the live broadcast of music and sports. And I try to t get my fingers back into it every once in a while. Yeah. James, why do you believe it is so important for students to be more immersed in learning technology right now? Well, I think you have to look at where we're meeting the students at. A lot of the students are not traditional students. Um, the way students are accessing content today is very different. You have them using tablets and cell phones and iPads and, and laptops to get the content. So having that basic understanding how to use different technologies is critically important. That's where the world is going as far as everything's a technology-based workforce. So for students that have that, that really important knowledge of how it's using different softwares and the hardwares is critically important for their future. Mm -hmm. So what kind of technology can a student learn in a department like yours on a college campus? Ours is, is really varied. Our main focus is actually faculty focused. It's less student, but we know that the work we do translates to student success. If the faculty is successful, then the student will be successful. Uh -huh. So what we're working with is technologies that are, one, the learning management system or the LMS using Canvas, and what type of software tools are helping with that, like PlayPosit as a good example of a video um, assessment program that, that faculty can use. But the other side is the new immersive technologies that we're seeing in education, such as 360 video, augmented reality, virtual reality, and this type of equipment. And actually, the other thing we're also working is in, is in motion capture. Now, these are very different technologies or visual technologies, but they can be used in medicine, they're used in kinesiology, they're used in nursing, they can be used in, in sociology and in history so that they have a broad connection with many different disciplines. Uh -huh. And that's really the neat aspect of what we're doing is the students that we have in our X-Real lab and also in our video production department those students are not interning, but they're being paid by our, our department. And they're getting hands-on experiences using for video production, doing live events, using the cameras, using software such as Adobe Premiere. The 
training and the experience of getting here, they can take that out into the real world and get jobs. So by the time they leave here in ATI, they're going to have two to three years of hands-on experience doing video production and editing, yeah. which is, is invaluable experience. On the side of the X-Real Lab, which is the extended uh, reality for learning lab at, at Cal State San Bernardino ran by Dr. Mihaila Popescu, we're doing the design work for virtual reality simulations and also for machine learning and working with some natural language processing. So the students are doing the programming here. They're doing the 3D modeling here. They're doing the 3D animations here. They're designing and working on the programs for natural language processing so that the, the student can talk to the avatar and the computer can turn back to the student. So this is stuff that the students are not even seeing into their fourth year of, of college here. These students are getting at that training and experience in their as sophomores and juniors. So the students in the extra lab are leaving here with two to three years of hands-on experience creating these immersive media programs in a world where you see so many students getting looking for jobs, asking for two to three years of prior experience. That's hard when you're coming out of college. You haven't sure. had that opportunity. Mm-hmm. You're coming out of our department and you've got students with two to three years of hands-on video production or two to three years of of computer programming and 3D rendering and art and design, which it's hard to get anywhere else. Yeah. They're having fun in there too, aren't they? <laughs> oh, they're having they're having a blast. Yeah, they are. The the students are are really enjoying this because these are real projects. Uh-huh. These are projects that are being developed for faculty and our other partners. Uh, we have another project that we're doing with another university, and this is real world. This this is not just here's a module and you're learning this for uh, for credit this is a real job that they're learning how to do from we have a great team of Yutong Lu and Bobby Lauterman who um, Bobby is a, a has his degree in, in computer science Yutong Lu has her master's degree in, in in structural technology but they're both designing VR and AR and 360 immersive projects they're taking their knowledge and passing that on to the students. The students are working with that and they're growing. And then you have the students that have two or three years of experience working in the lab, working with the first years, and they're passing that knowledge on and our knowledge base continually grows. It's amazing the work that our students are doing. How would you describe the relationship now, today, between learning and technology. Before you answer that, we need to take a quick break. We're talking about technology learning in our local colleges and K through 12 classrooms. More in a moment. This is Education Insight. 
Welcome back to Education Insight. Today we're learning about the wave of new tech learning in local schools and colleges. And our guest is my good friend, James Trotter. He's the Assistant Director of Academic Technologies and Innovations at Cal State San Bernardino. James, before the break, I asked if you could share the relationship of technology to learning in our local colleges right now. So the technology has really allowed more access to students than they would have before, especially for online learning, whether it be synchronous or asynchronous. In the past, you had many students that were not able to attend courses because of family and job considerations that they had to be at. Now, many of our students are taking their courses online, and depending on their their situation, the only way they can do this is sometimes with just an iPad. Sometimes the only way the student can access to this class between their work hours is with their iPhone or their Samsung phone. That's their smartphones, the way they connect. So the technology is really bringing more opportunity for more students to connect with it, Uh, the content. Now, there's still issues of connectivity, as we've seen with the pandemic, not everyone had access to reliable internet, which is a a big problem, especially as the technology is advancing. Mm -hmm. But we've seen where at the time of the pandemic, we were providing hotspots and laptops, and there's still other programs that are doing that, so the students have access to it. The other part is when you start looking at things like the immersive media, that you can put the student into an environment. Or with augmented reality, you're seeing that mix between some type of a construct in front of the field of vision within the real world. The studies have shown that that it's about a 30% increase of retention by using these new technologies. James, talk to us a little bit about that immersive technology and putting students into situations. Give us some examples of that. One good example is 360 images and immersive content is great for creating empathy. An example of this is we did a project where we sent a camera to the Shatia refugee camp in Beirut, Lebanon. And we were getting content from this couple that lives there. And they were kind of giving us an idea of what life is like in the refugee camp. Now, we have one perspective of what life is like. A lot of us look at that as poor, it is tragic, there's death and destruction in these areas, and just general sadness uh-huh. in these refugee camps. And there is some of that. That's not, that's not the saying that it doesn't exist. But there's also another side. There's beauty. Uh, there's love. There's family. There's music. There's a vibrant life that these people also have in these refugee camps. And that's sometimes missed. Uh So using the immersive media, that puts you into their field of view. You see everything that they they would see it. You see everything in context. We're not editing something that you can't see. You see everything around you. And you have the uh, spatial audio so you can hear everything. And... Sometimes now, once you're in that environment where you can see and hear everything, it starts to change your perspective a little bit. 
Yeah. You really get to see the world as they would see it. And you can explore that space the same way they would. And that's the kind of beauty of it. You can see the beauty or the tragedy of it. Yeah. The other part of it is going with the augment reality. If you're working on a machine and you have our circuit board and you need to understand what is this part supposed to do. When you're turning your head, looking at a book, and then looking back at the machine, there's that moment of forgetfulness. You may not remember exactly what you're saying. You have to refer back to the book. I can keep my eyes focused on this machine. I see an overlay of the, the cabling or the wire or the circuit board on that machine in real time, and I can make those repairs and adjustments. And I said, the studies have been showing that the it's about a 30 increase in accuracy when that happens. So this is another area where this technology makes a big difference. Uh, and that's where we're looking at those two. Virtual reality allows you to be in any environment. We can create any kind of construct, and it allows you the, the opportunity to practice. I can practice nursing, and I can talking to an avatar, or I can practice some other type of simulation over and over and over again, so that when I go into the real world and do this process, I've already done it many, many times ahead of time. It's not the first time I've done this procedure. I've done it a number of times in the virtual reality, so my accuracy rate to do it in the real world is going to be far higher because I've had that experience. Your brain, your eye hands, and your eyes remember what you did. And that's a, a great advantage with immersive media. Yeah. If you just joined us, you're listening to Education Insight. Our guest today is James Trotter. He is the Assistant Director of Academic Technologies and Innovations Department at Cal State San Bernardino. Uh, emerging technologies and innovation in our local schools is what we're discussing today. James, does the academic technologies and innovation department that you oversee, does it serve specific disciplines or can any student at CSUSB come in and engage with these technologies? We serve all the different departments on the campus. Um, we've done stuff with computer science. We've done things with theater arts. We've done stuff in kinesiology for the Department of Arts and Letters. So it, it translates across the, all the different colleges and departments at the university. The trick is not to use technology because it's a shiny object that's kind of cool. Is Does this technology serve a purpose? Is this being used so there's a better outcome than if I use some other traditional method. And that's kind of the key thing. Does this do something that I could not do in any other way? And that's why we would want to use this than using some other traditional method. I can't take a group of students to Egypt onto an archaeological site, but I can take students to Egypt to see an archaeological site in VR, and they can experience and see everything in context and be able to perform tasks with that in that environment. I can't take students into some dangerous locations in the world, but I can have them immersed into an environment and see it and get an understanding of it. Mm -hmm. So it's very critical that in our, in our design of courses and implementation of these new technologies, 
that we have a specific reason for how we want to use it. And that's really the key thing. We recently featured Inland Empire Economic Partnership CEO, Paul Granillo. And when he was with us, he said his team of economists are trying to push local universities to enhance technology skill sets in our students so that in the coming decade, these students will fit into positions where they could be operating, repairing, or programming artificial intelligence and automation systems that are so common and becoming even more so at the multitude of distribution hubs that we have right here in the Inland Empire. Operating, repairing, and programming them instead of doing the minimum wage grunt work there in those facilities. Do you see your department as in tune with the coming technology needs of our own backyard here, the Inland Empire, James? Yes, I do. The students that are working in the X-Real Lab are doing that type of work. Mm-hmm. They're not doing the manual pushing of buttons and uh, those very kind of lower level positions. These are the students that are doing the programming. They're the students that are doing the design of it. They're the ones that are doing the development of the artificial intelligence. They're working on the natural language processing for these technologies. That's very different. The thing that people need to keep in mind when you look at some of these very system, simple automated systems that are out there or the very simple kind of repetitive button-pushing positions that you refer to, there needs to be people that can do that programming. There needs to be those people that can do the designing of these systems. And the students that are working uh, in the X-ray lab and that we're pulling from in the computer science department, those are the, the jobs of the future that are going to be so important to increase the economic opportunities for the students and the, the, the individuals in this, this region. And they need to try to keep those individuals here in this region to grow the economy. Yeah, sure do. You see a lot of these, these students are getting, they graduate and they're getting jobs in Los Angeles, they're getting jobs in San Francisco and different areas. But as we develop more of these students that can actually do the programming and the, the UI design and understand how to do the programming for artificial intelligence, that's going to be the key that's going to create the jobs in this area. That's going to be what's going to really be transformative in this area. And we've seen a few students that have graduated from, that have worked in our department, that um, unfortunately there's they've left the Inland Empire. And that's kind of a challenge that needs to be worked on. But there was a student that we had when he was going to this university and going here, he was food insecure, did have a lot of challenges. But when he graduated, he was able to get a job for the government making six figures, and it changed his life. Those are the stories you love to hear because you can see where having the time to work in with the technology and having that opportunity to explore the job market transformed his life. We see the, the demographics of the area we're living in, and there's that need to get these students to have this type of 
technical training and knowledge to design these systems and create these systems. But we really need to work more to have those industries stay here in the Inland Empire and really build up that base of that workforce so that the entire economic outlook for the entire region rises up. And as they say, you want to raise raise all the ships up. Yeah. And that's what I think you know, Cal State San Bernardino is part of that. And not just ATI, but the ITS division, because there are other parts of a division where web design and programmers and network, uh, working in networking, those are all jobs that will raise the bar for the entire Inland Empire. That will raise all of us. Yeah. It will raise everybody. And that's yeah. what we really need. We just have to work harder at keeping the students here. We do. We do. <laughs> James Trotter, the Assistant Director of Academic Technologies and Innovations Department at Cal State San Bernardino, my very good friend. James, thank you for joining us here today. Oh, it's was, it was my pleasure. Thank you very much for the opportunity. You're listening to Education Insight. We're talking about what many believe to be an exciting wave of technology learning that's happening in Inland Empire K-12 classrooms and in our local colleges and universities. On the phone is one of the people bringing these new technologies to local grade schools. Sarah Alfonso Emerson is the Director of Creative Learning at Garner Holtz Education Through Imagination Program where they are creating animaker spaces for schools and then introducing young students to engineering, coding, programming, and robotic fabrication. Thanks for taking our call, Sarah. You're welcome. It's great to be here. It's, it's my pleasure. What inspired the Education Through Imagination program? Well, Education Through Imagination was inspired many, many years ago, actually, when the president of our company was just 12 years old, actually. He had the opportunity to visit Garner Holt Productions as a young child who was interested in being an artist or engineer someday and was amazed by the factory that he visited. And it stuck with him forever. He ended up going into education, though. He did not become an artist or an engineer, per se. Uh, went into education, became a school principal. And at the time of him being a school principal, I, I, I had the opportunity to work with him at the same school. So we worked together at the same school our president, Ryan Rainbolt, and I, at the time he was my principal, and working together at the school, we were looking for strategies to make a difference in our school. And we stumbled upon research from the Gallup, the Gallup poll that basically stated that uh, how students respond to their levels of hope is a better indicator of future success than any sort of test that we can give them. And so that really inspired us at the school to focus on hope. And in order to focus on hope and engagement, we realized that we needed to have students think about their futures and in thinking about their futures, what kind of jobs they might have or, or what they need to be thinking about. And so we wanted to create an environment at our school that replicated the real world of work. So we developed Makerspace. And over the course of a number of years, Ryan and I developed various programs through the Makerspace and uh, in our work, he remembered his visit to Garner Holt Productions, who, well, Garner himself, who is the founder of Garner Holt Productions, mm -hmm. uh, he has his company down the street from the school that we worked at. So Ryan contacted Garner. Garner came out to visit the makerspace and was blown away 
From there, we purchased an animatronic from Garner Holt Productions to use in our makerspace and really started to see how animatronics are a really good fit for our student programs. And so eventually, Ryan approached Garner with an idea that through the inspiration of our work at Bing Wong Elementary School, which is the school we taught at, mm-hmm. combined with the life story of Garner Holt and the work of Garner Holt Productions, and which all the work they do are building animatronics, theme park um, arts and sciences, all rolled into one. Ryan went to Garner with this idea of building education through imagination. And so that's the story of how we got started. And the work that we do is inspired by the life story of Garner Holt and the work of Garner Holt Productions, who are the world's leading manufacturer of theme park animatronics. Mm -hmm. And uh, some of our work has even inspired a nonprofit that has the same mission as our for-profit. So what we do for schools and school districts, our foundation does for the community. And uh, it's my honor to serve both organizations here. So maybe you could elaborate just a little on what the program actually does at the various schools and school districts that you're working with. Yeah. So at Garner Hole Education Through Imagination, we do two things really, really well. One of those things being we build state-of-the-art learning environments, our custom makerspace program called the Animakerspace. And it really focuses on building a makerspace environment at schools and educational organizations that focus on making things move, focuses on hands-on learning, career exploration, building creative confidence with students in a makerspace environment. And the other thing that we do really well is we provide experiential learning for students and educators uh, in the form of workshops, camps, professional development, field trips, virtual field trips. So that's really what we do at Education Through Imagination. We build environments and we provide experiences. And all of these things are around theme learning, hands-on learning, career exploration, and makerspace. Sarah, how wide is the area that you serve? How far away can schools be? Oh, wow. You know, it's interesting. We have worked with uh, hundreds of schools actually across the nation in a variety of capacities because we have have virtual and in-person programs. So we provide hands-on experiences for students from elementary all the way through university. And we are able to do that really anywhere in the world because we have a number of studios where we are able to produce programs virtually. And, and, And we've done that. We've been able to build a really amazing virtual field trip program that involves virtual factory tour of Garner Holt Productions, where students are able to learn about all of the careers involved in the, from the concept to the completion of an animatronic show and attraction. And then we follow up that tour with a hands-on activity where students are able to actually build something that is a fundamental of animatronics. And we work with schools to send out those materials ahead of their experiences. And then they're able to tune in with us virtually to, to have those experiences. So. In that capacity, we have served uh, literally hundreds of schools and thousands of students. We also have a very strong base in our local community as well, providing in-person field trips and in-person workshops and camps and professional development. We are very proud of the strong partnerships we have with the schools who have committed to our mission through building full Animaker Space programs at their schools. So we have uh, worked with four schools in Redlands Unified School District, two in Fontana. We have community college makerspace in San Jacinto. And we are actually opening our first library makerspace in Fontana soon. And we have makerspaces right now as far as Porterville, California. But 
by the end of October, we will have three makerspaces in Florida as well. Wow. You're listening to Education Insight. Today, we're talking about emerging technologies and innovation in our local schools. And we're speaking with Sarah Alfonso Emerson of Garner Holtz Education Through Imagination program. Sarah, what impact has this program had on students so far? Well, I would say the biggest impact of exposing students to careers in the STEAM and creative industries is hope and engagement but also hands-on skills development for the purpose of preparing students for careers. And so through working in our makerspaces or with our program, uh, with our hands-on learning program, students are able to see the interdependence of science, technology, engineering, arts, and math. And we are excited to be a company that helps students to discover their interests and talents and passions or help pursue them if they already know what those interests, talents, and passions are. Yeah. Can you describe this uh, custom-designed classroom that you call the Animaker Space? Yeah, so the Animaker Space is our unique spin on a makerspace. And so a makerspace, first, is a, a space dedicated to invention, really. There's all of the tools and equipment, machinery, and software that students would need to be able to invent anything they can imagine. And so in a makerspace, uh, environment and, and especially in our animaker space environments, which we enhance with animatronics. There are digital fabrication equipment such as 3D printers, laser cutters, vacuum formers, CNC desktop mills and lathes. Sometimes there's wood shop equipment and sculpting equipment, arts equipment like airbrushes, sewing machines, embroidery machines, vinyl cutters and printers, heat presses. And so all of these digital fabrication machines can be designed with digital softwares as well. So programs such as Adobe Illustrator and SolidWorks, Tinkercad, uh, ZBrush, Blender, students are able to explore a wide variety of softwares and equipment that allows them to see the possibility of future careers in so, so many different industries, as well as make things that are personally meaningful to them. So an Animaker Space is a very, very special learning environment because not only is it a regular makerspace, but we throw in animatronics. And so with our animatronics, uh, they are blank canvases for students to tell stories. So our animatronics can be costumed by students, sculpted by students. Students create an entire script and show for their animatronic figure that they learn how to program the movements for, the audio files for, the lighting and sound effects. and when put all together, it becomes its own story through a robotic figure. And it can be told about any topic that students want to tell stories about. It can be history, language arts, current events, science, their own personal stories. It's a really amazing uh, addition to a makerspace, what we're able to put in our Animaker spaces. You mentioned so many different directions and applications that the students can get involved in. What kind of skill sets are they are they pulling from this that they can actually put on a resume and take into a career? Yeah. Well, first of all, they're exposed to so many different careers, dozens and dozens of dozens of different careers Clearly. that they are able to explore. <laughs> and so some of those skills that they're able to walk away with, we feel that the most powerful skills that they're walking away with are the 21st century skills, the, the employability skills, collaboration, communication, critical thinking, creativity, problem solving. 
And those are things that we would love for students to put on their resumes as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a lot of times students are also able to walk away with skills that could immediately get them jobs in various working environments that, that deal with machines or fabrication. And so there's really just such a wide variety. We actually have um, a program through our Animaker Spaces where students are able to be Garner Holt certified as well through the building of a complete animatronic that they fabricate themselves in the Animaker Space. So with that certification, you know, very industry-valued certification that students could walk in to any job and have that on their resume that they have completely fabricated and built their own animatronic figure in one of our Animaker Spaces is something that we're really proud of. Sarah, how important do you personally believe technology education is right now? And what are some of the benefits of having it in our schools? Yeah, well, technology is something that has existed from the dawn of time. It's integral to our world. And so I personally believe it should be integral in all aspects of education as well. Students studying modern technology and innovative technologies, creative technologies today in their classrooms, in their makerspaces, if they are lucky enough to have access to a makerspace at school, gives them skills to be ready for the future through projects that that they immerse themselves in in a makerspace. They are really, again, building such important skills that are going to make them ready for their future, um, literate in the work environment, and flexible to be able to envision themselves in a variety of industries and have so many possibilities for their future. So I believe all students should have access to this. I wish there was a makerspace at every school so that students could have access to really seeing the possibilities for their futures. I'd like to hear some of the examples of technology integration that you are most excited about seeing in our local schools lately. Think about that for a minute as we take a break. We're talking about new technology education that's happening in our local schools with Sarah Alfonso Emerson, the Director of Creative Learning at Garner Holtz Education Through Imagination Program. More education insight in just a moment. Welcome back to Education Insight. Today, we're looking at the wave of futuristic technology learning that is happening not only in our local colleges and universities, but in our local K-12 classrooms. Sarah Alfonso Emerson is the Director of Creative Learning at Garner Holtz Education Through Imagination Program. Sarah, before the break, I asked what technology learning opportunities our local kids are getting that you're most excited about? Well, I am a huge proponent of makerspaces. I've been a makerspace teacher for over seven years and uh, and now as the creative learning director, able to oversee all of the makerspaces we build at schools. And so I want to see makerspaces everywhere. I want to see students in makerspaces <laughs> really integrating technologies. So the technologies available in a makerspace allow students to seamlessly move between studying about manufacturing into possibly entrepreneurship, into possibly health and biotechnology, automotive industry, aerospace. The project possibilities are endless in a makerspace. And so some of the things that I see the teachers that I'm training and working with at our schools implementing are are out of this world. 
recently uh, at a fifth grade school that has one of our Animaker spaces in Redlands, we were able to see students who had simulated building a theme park attraction. And so they were able to build uh, roving ride cars that they coded and had sensors and, and then through their other fabrication equipment, create the entire scene and set of that, what we call a dark ride. And so mm-hmm. their rover, roving figure was able to rove past scenes that were lit up and fabricated with laser cut parts and 3D printed parts. And so it was just this amazing integration of creativity, imagination, storytelling, engineering, coding and programming with sensors and lights and servos. And it was, it was just so cool. And, and things like that are happening in our Animaker spaces all the time where students are able to connect very technical skills with their creative storytelling abilities. And in that process, they are building their own creative confidence to take risks and dream big and see bigger possibilities for for what they're capable of. It seems like if the program is so extraordinarily unique that the demand for those virtual classes that you spoke of earlier would be, wow, nationwide. Yeah, you know, we are. We get requests daily from schools around Mm -hmm. the country for virtual programming. And we have an entire virtual programs team that went from zero uh, staff members to over 12 at this point in the past year and a half. And it's interesting because our virtual programs were not really a part of our business model and mission when we first started this company. We um, were an in-person only company. And then, you know, with all of the events, um, in the past few years that have taken place, it allowed us opportunity to pivot into a new direction as well with our company and, and expand and reach so many more students through our virtual programs. And we're so excited that we've had that opportunity to grow our program in such a way. Yeah. This is Education Insight. Sarah, there are actually a lot of other ways the Garner Holt Foundation serves the Inland Empire community. Could you, being someone that's working on the inside, tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so the Garner Holt Foundation is our nonprofit that has the same mission as our for-profit. So what Education Through Imagination, which is our for-profit, does for schools and school districts, the foundation does for the community. So uh, what that looks like is community-based makerspaces. And our model of a community-based makerspace has the name of Garner's Garage uh, because Garner got his start in his parents' Mm -hmm. garage. And, and he knows that not everyone has access to their own garage to start tinkering and building and envisioning their futures. And so the Garner Holt Foundation is very excited to be able to create Garner's Garage for kids who may not be as lucky to have an Animaker space at their school. And our foundation is fairly new. We are looking for donations and contributions to continue to grow the foundation. We talk about Garner's Garage. When he was very young at his home in San Bernardino, Garner Holt went into the garage and built something very unusual for a young boy his age. Could you tell our listeners about that who've never heard the story? Sure. So when Garner was a boy, he went into his parents' garage and he built an animatronic figure of Uncle Sam. And it was it was very unique and different. Uh, animatronics were an emerging technology at the time done by very, very few companies and started mostly by Walt Disney Imagineering, with what they are today is called um, Imagineering. And that inspired Garner to want to build animatronics. And, and uh, he knew from a young age when he saw Disney's first animatronics that that's what he wanted to do for the rest of his life. 
So he went into his parents' garage and he started tinkering and he built his very first animatronic when he was still very young in high school and was able to actually convince his teachers at school to uh, allow him to work on his project in all of his different classes, uh, which is amazing and something that we hope um, also inspires teachers to allow students to really seek their passions and talents and find ways that they can explore those in the in their school time. And so from there, that launched Garner's career. He was able to begin Garner Holt Productions at 16 years old. So, And that's what he's been doing ever since. He started his company while still in high school and is now the leading manufacturer of theme park animatronics in the world. Yeah. So in what ways does your program help increase student college and career success? I'm told I'll be surprised. <laughs> well, we our program prepares them with an immense amount of relevant skills that yeah. can be carried into their college lives and their future careers. Uh, the skills that they're picking up in our maker spaces are, uh, I think I mentioned this earlier, they're skills that they could walk into certain jobs straight out of high school and tell some of these industries, hey, I know how to use this type of machine and get a job right off the bat. And so the things that they're picking up in, in our schools, those skills are, are so relevant. And like I said, the possibilities are really endless. There are dozens and dozens of careers for them to explore. And by allowing them to explore them in the makerspace, it gives them a very strong basis for understanding what they are interested in, what they're good at, and what they want to pursue for their lives. Yeah. What specific areas does this program most get kids excited about when first introduced to animatronics? Oh, wow. Well, the animatronics themselves are eye-opening for students. Students love to see these moving robotic figures that tell stories. So storytelling right off the bat pulls students in because everyone tells stories and everyone can connect to storytelling. So the animatronics themselves really draw students in. And then as they start to learn about how animatronics are made, as they're building out their own possible animatronics or animatronic shows, they're getting exposed to careers in manufacturing, product development, design, CAD, mechanical engineering, electrical engineering, fabrication, machining, animation, dimensional design, automation, show programming, audiovisual production, digital wow. media, costuming, sculpting, special effects, specialty arts. The list goes on and on <laughs> of, of the possibilities of, of what students can, can see themselves in and see themselves enjoying. And if nothing on that list that I just rattled off interests a student, well, uh, we've never seen that happen before. Yeah. <laughs> uh, students are interested in almost all of those things, you know, if not just a few of those things. There's something there for everyone. I think it's amazing that something as incredible as an animatronic robot was built by a boy in his garage in San Bernardino. And now that same little boy and uh, your team have imagined something so great that it would start right there in San Bernardino. Sarah Alfonso Emerson has been our guest. She's the Director of Creative Learning at Garner Holtz Education Through Imagination. Sarah, thank you so much for joining us today. You're welcome. It was such an honor to be here. I appreciate it. As we close today, we introduce you to Journey, a 10th grader at Citrus Valley High School and a robotic engineer. My name is Journey Parrott. I'm in the 10th grade at Citrus Valley High School. A favorite project from the program was the Songbird Project. 
we designed and uh, assembled an animatronic songbird and we got to design the exterior and the interior and we got to make it move and got to make it talk by importing audio. Then we got to hook it up to a motherboard and use remote controls to make it move. And we made like a whole story. It was really fun. It was challenging, but like the good type of challenging. They gave us the instructions. They had a teacher there with us. But from that, we had to figure out what to do. It was problem solving. We had to figure things out. I felt like I was a mechanical engineer. <laughs> and the education through imagination program, it kind of solidified what I would like to do when I'm older. It showed me a lot of options of what goes into engineering. It's not just putting things together. It's, it's an umbrella term, really. So yeah, I'd actually like to be an engineer. Thanks, Journey. And that wraps up another edition of Education Insight. Be sure and join us next month when we'll be looking at student mental health in our local schools. I'm Lacey Kendall. Thanks for joining us. Education Insight is produced in partnership with KVCR San Bernardino. Our executive producer is Jacob Poor, and our production engineer is Tyler Vizi. Alyssa Silva is our production assistant, and Lacey Kendall is your host. Support is provided by Growing Inland Achievement, working together for inland education and economic success. And by College Futures Foundation. Join us again next time for Education Insight.